question that I've heard posed the last several weeks is, what's going on? What's happening? Who's in control of all this? Over the last several weeks, we have heard messages from our governmental leaders and from business leaders and from educational leaders, from scientists, from doctors, and they're saying similar things, but sometimes the messages can be a little bit confusing. And so today, I, I thought that we might, in these next few Sundays that we have together, especially this way, to just kind of think about this whole idea uh, of, of what's going on around here. And I, I want to put together a, a series of messages, the next three weeks anyhow, that talk about finding certainty in uncertain times. These definitely are uncertain times in which we live. Every day we see the news reports that tell us of the hundreds and the thousands and the tens of thousands who have died because of this virus and because of this disease. Sometimes it looks like things are getting better, and the next day it seems like things are getting worse. And there, it, 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 there's just a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty. And so I thought it'd be good if we, if we can kind of nail that down, address that issue of finding certainty when certainty is hard to find. I was thinking this past week about the 23rd Psalm, a psalm that all of us are, are pretty well familiar with. David, the shepherd king, penned this, uh, this psalm at some point in his life as he talks about the fact that God is his shepherd and because God is his shepherd, he'll have everything that he needs. But then in verse 4 of Psalms chapter 23, he makes this statement that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Not because death isn't all around me, not because uncertainty isn't all around me, but because you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me as they give me direction and as they give me correction, they comfort me. And so with that idea as, as today as we are walking through this valley, this shadow of death, what should be our hearts? What should our hearts be focused on? How can you and I live our lives in uncertain days? Today, I, I want to share with you uh, from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, an important story of Joshua as he takes the leadership over Israel. And my title today is going to be Follow the Leader. I remember as a kid playing that game. You know, everyone would line up and there would be one person that would be the leader. And whatever the leader did, that's what you did. Wherever the leader went, that's where you went. Somewhere along the line, especially if you're not next in line to be the leader, but you're more toward the end of the line, you kind of get tired of the game because all you're doing is following. You don't get to come up with your own novel ideas of, of motions and actions that you want to do. You just have to do what the leader's doing. Today, as we think about 
about uh, having a, finding certainty in uncertain times, it's important for us to understand some things about, about leadership and following who it is that's out front. I think the messages that we oftentimes uh, get in our, in, our, uh, in our world are so confusing. Well, they're kind of like this. I found this sign, and it says the directions that everyone needs to go. This way, that way, the other way. And so it becomes a little bit confusing to us. So today I want to talk to you about following the leader from Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to begin at verse 1. Now let me just set the stage for you. Put this story in its context. Joshua was Moses' assistant. Joshua was, was one of those two spies, you may remember, that while the children of Israel were in the, in the wilderness years, those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness because of their disobedience to God, when God uh, had Moses send the spies into the land, Joshua and Caleb came back out from spying the land, and they gave the report that everybody else gave. It's a big country, hard difficult cities to defeat, giants everywhere, but there is fruit, there, is, there are figs, there are grapes this big, and it, 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 they come back and they say how it's a great land, and whereas the other said, but we can't take it, Joshua and Caleb said we can because God has promised it to us. And so Joshua uh, and Caleb were the two that were allowed to live for, for those 40 years while the rest of that generation died off in the wilderness. Moses led the people through a lot of things. You can read about them in the book of, of Numbers and, and in the book of, of Deuteronomy about the travels that they have through this wilderness time. And Moses has taken the children of Israel to the to the. The Jordan River, the edge of the Jordan River as they're ready to cross over into this land. It's a land that they had been separated from as a people by more than nearly five centuries. It's something they had heard that God had given to them, but they had never owned it. They had never possessed it. It was never theirs. And so Moses led them up to the, to the edge of the Jordan River. Now, you know who Moses is. I would say Moses is one of the giants in the Bible especially in the Old Testament. How would you like to be the guy that takes over for Moses? Some of you know what it's like to have, a, have big shoes to fill. Maybe it's your older sibling when you were growing up in school. Or maybe it's your mother or your father that, that were achievers and successful and put pressure on you to walk in their footprints. Maybe it was somewhat, someone on the sports field or, or someone in the business arena and you're coming in and replacing them, taking over them. Sometimes that pressure can be immense. Can you imagine what Joshua must have felt as he takes over the reins for Moses? He's got several hundred thousand Israelites that are following him that are trusting in him, that are, that are dependent upon him for their direction. And he probably feels like it, the job's a little too big for him. 
a little bit overwhelming for him. Sure, Moses could do it, although when Moses was called to do it, he struggled with whether or not he'd be able to pull it off himself. But after 40 years in leadership, Joshua now is ready to take over for Moses. And I'm sure that Joshua is having these doubts, these fears, these uncertainties. But I want you to see with us what God tells him. Almost all of the first nine verses of Joshua you'll find in quotation marks. They are beginning at verse 2. They are God speaking. Let's read it together. Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. It tells us that after the death of Moses, the, Joshua, or the, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And here's where the quotes begin. Moses, my servant, is dead. Sometimes God has to state the obvious to us, doesn't he? Of course, Joshua knew that Moses was dead. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. Joshua knew that, that Moses was dead, but, but God tells him this so that he'll understand Joshua, Moses is through. His time has been completed. He did a great job, an amazing leader, but he's gone now. Now the ball, the mantle is being passed over to you. So therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, the Jordan River that you see just before you. You and all this people into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I've given to you just as I promised it to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, did you notice he talked about this Jordan and now this Lebanon? It suggests by the language there that he's talking about what you could see, but you couldn't see Lebanon from there. Lebanon was quite a ways north of, uh, of Israel, but they knew where it was. They were familiar with it. All the way from the wilderness to the south and Lebanon to the north, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites from the great sea, that's the Mediterranean Sea, to, uh, toward the going down of the sun, that's going to be your territory. That's a little bit larger turf, a little bit larger area than what you and I think of when we think of Israel. But all of this land, God tells Joshua, I'm going to give to you and to these people. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and be courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do all, uh, to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. 
The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. I think he said it two or three times in the verses that we just read. Be strong, be, com- be courageous. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed, disheartened. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now as we read those verses, the, the message that Joshua received from God as he is getting ready to step into the big sandals of Moses. As he is getting ready to take over this mantle of leadership to accomplish what even Moses didn't accomplish. The conquest of the land uh, that you and I know as Israel. That land that had been promised by God. That this is what Joshua is to do. And God spells it out for him. Tells him. But did you notice as we read those words... How they weren't so much about messages of encouragement or inspiration like, Joshua, you've got good leadership skills. Use them. Draw on your inner inner strength. Be the kind of person that you've been training for, that you've been equipped to be. No, they were about how God was going to see them through. How Joshua needed to trust in God. Not in his own ability. Oh yes, God said be strong and be courageous. Those sound like choices to me. But be strong and be courageous in following me. And just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. The accomplishments of God's people, the people whom God uses, are are accomplishments not of their strength or ability, but the accomplishments of of God through them, being used through them. Now, I I say all these things to you because today as we look at the days we live in, where we're hoping to find some constancy, some certainty, something that we can can hang on the wall and, and expect that it's going to take place. As we're looking for that, And we're looking for that maybe through government or through the economy or maybe through a stimulus check or or whatever it may be. Those things will never be able to get us through this uncertain time. But I want to tell you that what God's word says in these verses is God can and God will get us through. That we can come out on the other side of this storm with victory and prosperity. Did you notice that, that a couple of times there, God says, if you'll follow my word and if you'll do these things, you'll be successful. You'll be prosperous. So many have perverted that, those kinds of truths today to, to say that what that means is God will put a lot of jingle in your pocket. Or he'll give you perfect health and, and a perfect wife and perfect children and a perfect life. But the prosperity is that you will accomplish 
God's purpose for your life. And if we can couple our courage and our strength with God's ability to get it done, we're going to make it through this. We're going to, we're going to not only come out on the other side alive, but thriving. Because we are going to learn about the faithfulness and the strength of God. So today I want to share with you a couple, three thoughts that you and I need to have as we search for certainty in these uncertain times. Three truths that we need to keep about this idea of following the leader. And the first truth that I, that I want to share with you is this. In following the leader, you have to always keep your eyes focused on the one who's in control. I thought about this as I watched this past week several different news conferences. The the, uh, reports that are given by the federal government or by state or by local city uh, county leaders about what's going on and and some of them talk about how things are looking up and others talk about how things are still getting worse which is it who's in control of this whole thing anyway well i want you to know and and i mean absolutely no disrespect toward any of our governmental leaders i'm grateful for them i think they're all doing a good job they're doing what they can but they're not in control. They, they can say this is what we think is going to happen. But they don't know that. None of them do. We don't know what tomorrow is going to be. Especially in these uncertain times. With this virus that we can't seem to, to figure out what it is that will, if anything, that will defeat it, that will control it, that will be a vaccination against it, whatever it is. In this day, as we fight this virus, we're struggling to find out who's in control. <clears throat> let, me, uh, let me tell you who is. It's not the president. It's not the governors. It's not the scientists. It's not the doctors. As important as those persons are, and as important as what they say is, it's not them. It's not the nurses and the doctors on the front line. I'm thankful for them, and I pray God's blessing and protection to be on them uh, as they seek to, uh, as they seek to uh, provide care and ministry and service to the world around us, but they're not in control. They can't make the virus go away or the virus get better in someone's life or someone else's life. They have to depend on, just as all of us do, God's working, someone behind the scenes working in what they do. The one who's in control in this whole thing is God. It's God. This did not catch God off guard. Unlike others in our, in our nation or in our world today, God, you'll never hear God say, I didn't see this coming. I had no clue this was going to happen. Oh, we knew that one day something like this would, but I didn't know it would be today, and I didn't know it would be this. But God did. This is all within the purview of who God is. If God is sovereign, 
that means he is in control of everything, including this. To Joshua, he's saying this may look like an insurmountable situation that you're finding yourself in. You're coming in to, to be in a position of leadership before people who have proven themselves to be stubborn and ornery. And you're going to go in and you're going to take cities that, and farmlands and conquer people that are more numerous than you are, that are stronger and more settled than you are. This may look like an insurmountable task, but Joshua, I have the plan, and this is what I have brought you to. I have brought you to this moment, not because of how good you are or how strong you are, but because this is part of my plan and my purpose. Now, God tells Joshua several times in these verses words that speak of of his sovereign control in this whole thing. And that Joshua's task isn't to find a way to lead these people to do it, but rather to follow God as God does it through him. Always keep your eyes focused on the one who's in control. You see, if you don't do that, if you don't keep yourself focused on the leader, then what you're going to do is you're going to find yourself at some point like that last kid in line and follow the leader, kind of off, out of line, and off in left field. And in uncertain times, you don't want that. You want to be where God's protective hand is. So keep your eyes focused on the one who truly is in control. Now the question comes, how do you do that? I mean, the Bible even itself says that no one has at any time seen God. Jesus said, now, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But we've not, God, we don't have a God in our world that's holding press conferences that we can see on the news and we can contrast what God says with what this person says or this doctor says. But we do have a God who reveals himself daily to us. He does it through his word. And he does it through his Holy Spirit that to the believer, he places within the believer so that we can make sense, God's sense, out of what is uncertain and confusing. So that leads me to the second point that I have today, and that is that we are to always keep the truth of God's word in the center of our hearts. Always keep the truth of God's word centered in your heart. Did you notice that verses 7 and 8, verse 6, 7, and 8, how, how God says uh, to remember the things that Joshua or that Moses had taught to you, Joshua. Remember those things. Follow those things. Recall those things. Keep the word before you. Uh, you, you, you need to, to not turn this way or that way from what the direction of the Word of God is. I find this to be true in my own life. I may read the Bible. I may read the Word of God. I may know and have memorized certain verses in the Word of God. And even I may have come to a place where I understand and know what I ought to do. 
My problem is sometimes that's not the direction I like to go. And so I find myself wandering off away from the Word of God. And Joshua, if you're going to make, find certainty in an uncertain time, you're going to have to stay in what is certain, what is sure, what never changes, what never varies. It may not necessarily be what you want, because I have discovered that as a person of the flesh, some of the things that I want are not necessarily good for me. Some of the things that I desire will not make me stronger and better, but will destroy me. And so I have to keep the Word of God center in my life and not stray, not wander away from those things. He says not only that, but in verse 8, he talks about how you're to meditate on it and to think about it and let this This word of God be what you speak, what comes out of your mouth. I don't know if you're one of these people. I guess maybe on video I shouldn't make this confession, but I tend to be somebody who talks to myself. One of the reasons why I like driving in a car by myself is because I can talk without being interrupted. And I, uh, I like to talk to myself and I'll tell myself certain things in fact, there are times where I will interview myself. Now, that would be a sight, I imagine, if I pulled up next to you at a stoplight and you saw me bantering back and forth with myself on some subject. But I like to, talk, to inter- interview myself and ask myself questions. You know, what I, you know, you know why I've, I think there are two reasons why I do that. Number one, I'm not all there. I'm a little bit different. I'm a little bit weird. Or maybe a lot. But I also have discovered this to be true. That as I talk to myself, I begin to learn more from hearing myself speak. There are things that I know in my heart that I don't do always with my hands and my feet, but I know them in my heart. And when I begin to speak them, I begin to hear myself speak. And when I'm speaking the word of God, that this is the way I ought to go, and this is I shouldn't have this fear, and I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't have this dismay, this despair, but rather follow the leader. Uh, I, I should, rather I should follow the Word of God. It doesn't always make sense at the time you're in it, but just stay on the course. Don't get to the right or to the left. The net result is that I stay in the direction that God wants for me. Joshua, as you are leading these people, don't think that what you have to do is sit down in your tent and devise a plan to get these people from point A to point B. God would say to us, I've got this. Trust me. Depend upon my word. Keep it in the center of your heart. Meditate on it. Chew on it so that it becomes a part of your life. And your actions. So he says. Keep your eyes on the one who's in control. And keep your heart. Centered on the word of God. And its instruction. And the third thing that I have for you today. Is this. Always. Always. Always remember. God is forever. With you. 
You remember we started when we started uh, talking today, introducing this this series of messages. We we were reading from Psalms 23. How though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear. Why? Because you are with me. At the end of that psalm, Psalms 23, the promise is this. Uh, uh, that if I, if I follow him, that he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He will anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. And every day of my life's going to be great. And then I will live in the house of the Lord forever. God is going to be with him, the psalmist writes, forever and then. God is going to be with us forever. That's what we need to understand as we go through these uncertain times. As we seem perhaps all alone. We feel like we're, we're handling this uh, separated from everybody else. It's like a, a, a group of people here that have heard it up. And a group of people here in this house that have heard it up. And it's, it can sometimes make it feel like we're all alone. God wants you to know you're not alone. He's here with you, and he is laying down the steps that you should take because he wants you to be successful in life. God promises he'll never leave you. God promises he'll never forsake you. It seems to me that I heard Jesus say that at a point in time also. It was what Joshua heard from God. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Jesus promised to his followers. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you alone. I guess there's somehow comfort. And there is encouragement. From realizing. From remembering. From knowing. That even though I'm going through this thing. With all sorts of confusion and uncertainty. I am not going through this alone. The one who's in control, the one who has a plan and a purpose for it all, promises he will see me all the way through. So I want to encourage you today with these words. I want to encourage you today with the knowledge that in these uncertain times, a certain God, a certain way, a certain word is available for you. If you'll be strong and courageous and follow him i want you to pray with me and thank god for his presence in our lives in these days pray with me father i thank you today for your word and i thank you for the hope and the encouragement that there is in your word and father as we find difficult days all around us confusion and uncertainty Father, I pray that we would have certainty, we would find certainty in you, in your word, and in following and obeying your word. Thank you, Father, that you love us, that you have plans and purposes for us that enable us even to make it through the dark days of the valley of the shadow of death knowing that on the other side we will come out successful 
and victorious. Thank you, Father, for this word of encouragement. Cause us to be strong and courageous in these days. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.